Episode 15 Bruce and Clive sat for a while in thoughtful silence. We are an odd bunch, aren't we? Bruce asked. Clive glanced down at the detritus. Bruce followed his gaze, their eyes met and they both laughed. Yeah, Bruce said, what with Dorian and Alfred? How does someone like Dorian even exist? That's what I want to know. It's what we all want to know, but we're all pretty different when you think about it. Yes, I suppose we are. You bet we are. No two of us are alike. Sure, we have some similar interests and beliefs. Some of us, anyway. But whenever we get on any topic, there's always a conflict. That is because you always try and discuss things. You and Martin and Alfred. And even Dorian in his own way. It doesn't help that you barge in with your pronouncements and lay into everyone like your god. Are you sure you're not describing Alfred? Him too. That's a bit harsh. Still, I suppose I do get a bit impatient. I just see it as pointless. It doesn't get us anywhere. It's not productive and it's not fun, so what's the point? You're so binary, aren't you? Work or play, crazy focus or crazy chill, no fun or all fun. It's called getting the most out of life. Well, whatever it's called, it just seems to get us into more conflicts. No, it doesn't. We were fine until the bloody power went. I'd work all day and then chill in the evening with you lot. We'd watch telly and... His eye caught the PS6. That... He ended forlornly. It's the same with all of us. Dorian's craziness was just fun and... Martin's moralising was... Well, we could just ignore it. And the same with Alfred's refereeing. That was a good observation. You were spot on. Yes, when your success with your app gets to your head and you decide to create the next AI, just make sure it doesn't turn into an Alfred. Bruce shuddered at the thought. Oh man. Though it would be fun putting the two machines in one room together and just watching them. Clive laughed. Oh yes, now there's a thought. Why can't there just be a normal person here? Someone who makes no fuss, who doesn't disapprove of whatever we're doing, like Martin, doesn't analyse our past and deliver a verdict every time we say something, like the machine, doesn't get all offended and self-righteous like you, no offence. None taken. Or someone who doesn't shut down every non-superficial conversation because he can't handle it. And someone who can keep his criticisms of everyone else to himself. No offence. How can I take offence? I was harsher on you than you were on me. Still, look at us. It would be good to have someone normal and straightforward. Someone who makes no fuss. That's Chris. You're right. Chris. It's easy to forget him, isn't it? He is the normal one, isn't he? Never argues with anyone or complains about anything. 
I take it back. There is a solid, straightforward chap around here. Not as fun as Dorian is. No one's as fun as Dorian is. But he's usually up for whatever fun is going on and he never rocks the boat. Yes, solid Chris. He's a bit of a mystery though, isn't he? Never says what he thinks about anything. It's what's so great about him. You should try it sometime. No, I mean we don't actually know what he believes about anything, really. We know he goes to some Protestant church or other, and we get hints of his views, but nothing concrete. Exactly. Like I said, it's what's so great about him. You should try it sometime. Clive shook his head. You're really just going to coast through life, aren't you? Never having a proper conversation or thinking about anything important. Not according to your definitions of proper conversations and important topics, anyway. I feel sorry for you. And I for you. And that's the only agreement and balance Dorian's ever going to get in this flat. That and the fact that I agree with what you just said. And that the loss of the PS6 still hurts so much. And that... Meanwhile, Martin and Alfred went back to Fat Four to read. Martin stopped in the corridor on their way over and faced Alfred. What is it? Oh, hello, Mrs Davies. Hi, Sandra. He turned to a harassed-looking middle-aged woman and a visibly depressed girl in her mid-teens who had just walked up the stairs. Good evening, Alfred said. What can we do for you? Good evening, Alfred Martin, Mrs Davies said. We've come to say goodbye. We're leaving tomorrow morning. Wow, Martin said. How come, Mrs Davies? It's been almost a week. It's really getting hard with the kids and things are only going to get worse. I think you should get out while you can. Don't say that, Mrs Davies. We're more than happy to help out, aren't we, Alfred? What else are neighbours for? That's very kind of you to say, Martin, but in a few weeks this town is not some way you'll want to be as a single mother, or probably anyone else for that matter. Are you running out of supplies? I'm sure we can help out, right, Alfred? You're too kind, but that's not it. It's the loss of the internet, mainly. I never realised just how much I relied on the internet to keep the little ones busy. They'd always be on the phone or the tablet and now suddenly I have this three-year-old and his six-year-old crying and asking for the phone and I had to tell them that there is no more phone. They're only just beginning to understand. It's a nightmare. Always whining and asking for the phone or the tablet. And now they're finally realising that I would love to give it to them but that I really can't. Now they're just wandering round and round the flat. Mummy, play with us. I told them, look, there are the games Mummy and Daddy bought you. There are the toys from Father Christmas. But they hardly know how to play with them. It's so weird. When I was their age, me, Jeff and Susie, that's my brother and sister, we'd be running around all day in our own little world. My dad used to tell me that his parents, back in the days before the telly, they hardly had any toys and they didn't need them either. They just run around outside all day. I'm sorry to unload all this on you. You must have enough on your plate without me bothering you with my worries. Not at all, Mrs Davies, Martin said. We'd be happy to help. You won't believe the activities Dorian has come up with the last few days. If anyone can occupy Jackie and Sammy, it's him. 
You're also welcome, Sandra. It must be hard without your phone and your friends. A smile lit up Sandra's face. Mum is right. You are too kind, Martin. It's better for us if we leave. We're only about 20 miles from Dad and we have bicycles. It'll be better there. At least we'll be a family again. I can see it has been really hard for you, Martin said. Don't laugh, but I don't know what to do without my phone. I normally check it, don't laugh, but like every other five minutes. Like all the time, really, to see whether I'd missed something, what others were saying about me, whether my posts had got any more likes in the past five minutes. It's like life happens on social media, and when I'm online, then it's going on without me, you know? It's like I had to be online all the time, and now I haven't had internet for almost a week. I don't know what to do. It's like, like, like something's missing from the world. It feels empty, Martin said. We six have been feeling the same thing, and we have each other. It must be really hard without anyone there. It is. I've managed to see a few of them, but they're all the same, just like me. No one's any fun. No one knows what to do. It's like we don't know how to communicate with each other. It's so weird. I always told you you were addicted, Mrs Davies added. I told you to go outside more. You see? She turned to Alfred and Martin. This is why it's best to leave. What do you think things will be like in a few weeks? Young people can't even communicate properly. How are we supposed to pull together and solve this crisis? Everyone's always talking about science and progress and all the opportunities that come with the new technology. But we're just dependent on it. That's all it is. We need these crutches, these phones, just to do what had previously been done before quite well without them. And what is that? Alfred asked. Communication. I suppose you're right, Alfred said. We were just talking about this now. If there's anything you need, just ask us. Martin said. That's very kind of you, but what we need is to leave this town and reunite as a family, Mrs Davies said. Where can I find the others to say goodbye? Chris and Dorian are in four, Clive and Bruce in three. Goodbyes having been said, Martin turned back to Alfred. So, what did you want to talk to me about? How about you and I go on a walk tomorrow? I think it would do you good to get out and clear your head. You're the only one who hasn't been out since all this began. What are you saying with this? Just that the atmosphere in here is getting stale, and it would do you a bit of good to switch off from it. That applies to all of us. And I'll suggest it to everyone else too. Yet I'm the first one you asked. I didn't say that. You said you will suggest it to everyone else. You haven't done it yet. You're not the only perceptive one around here. Well done. Now how about it? You didn't say why you asked me first. You didn't ask. I implied it. Okay, enough fencing. Why are you really asking me to go on a walk with you? Nothing can be taken at face value with you. Maybe the others, but not you. True. I like the new you, though that's partly why I'm asking. Enough riddles. What new me? 
You have always been sharp, but you've tended to be shy and hesitant. You've always backed down from any conflict. Yet now here you are, debating religion with Clive, standing up to Bruce, taking a stand on the question of Chris's supplies, and trading blows with me without so much as the hint of a stammer. This is not the Martin who was apologetic about his stand on Reiki just a few days ago, for instance. I wasn't apologetic. You were. You stated your views but then faltered under scrutiny. Not at all what you've been doing the last few days. True, I wonder what it is. I suppose I just realised that my opinions are as valuable as any of yours and that I can support them as much as you can. Mostly more so. With the others, I mean, not you. That's very true, but what prompted this sudden realisation? I'm not sure. Being stuck in here, hearing Bruce and Clive complain, having the chance to observe everyone more closely, and... What do you mean, and... That doesn't explain your change in discussions with me. You're right. I don't know what it is. Maybe I feel a bit tense, just like all of us. And your plan to hoard Chris's food got to me somehow. I still don't think that's okay, by the way. I know. A change of scenery and some air would help. And I want you to see what the town looks like now. You're the only one who hasn't. I think you need to become familiar with the new situation. Hopefully things will get back to normal, but in case they don't, we cannot go on living in a dream world. And you think it'll get me to agree with your plan? Possibly, though I won't talk about it on our walk and I won't pressure you. Now I know the motive, all right. What about the police? What about them? What are they going to do? Jail us? They've enough other problems. I don't know. The law is the law. Not anymore it isn't. Not since Sunday morning and not until we get the power back. It's just taking everyone a while to realise it. Martin took a step back and looked at Alfred closely. You know, we've always seen Bruce as a cynical one. But I think it's you. How you see the power outage and society is really quite dark. It's always been me. The circumstances just haven't arisen to bring it to the surface.